today on Laura Lynn and Friends. The DSM-5 in 2013 was published and it made possible by one little change adding adolescence to the issue of gender dysphoria, changed gender identity to gender dysphoria. Suddenly, this became billable. This became profitable. A Pandora's box has been opened because of the DSM-5. Without that, there wouldn't be any profit motive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of the last days. You know, as, as that music was playing, I just kind of got a flood of peace and joy because every day I get to spend this time with you and uh, commiserate sometimes, <laughs> celebrate sometimes, and be together all the time. And I appreciate that because in many ways you become a family and you become someone that I can rely on to show up. We like the numbers. We like when you watch the show. And you, some of you like to comment. Some of you stay silent. But many of you let me know that you watch this every single day. And that is very cool. I'm sure you fast forward once in a while. You know, when I get on some kind of rant or something like that. I personally feel my rants are wonderful. But my husband kind of tries to rush me through them. But I think they're spectacular. I have a few rants today. But uh, I'm going to try to keep a, a level head. We've got some great guests. And uh, Archer Pulowski is going to come on a little bit later because there's drama with Pastor Art. It's not surprising. Um, I did hear him call someone a Nazi again today. And with good reason, I have to say free speech is being shut down in our country. And we don't live in Russia. We don't live in China. We don't live in Iraq or Iran. We live in Canada. So God keep our country glorious and free. We're standing on guard for our nation today. So I opened my dad's Bible. I love to read from the Word. Uh, he has this very old Bible. I used to love watching him read it. I didn't know it was going to be <clears throat> so significant to me after his passing. I opened up to Isaiah 43 today, and it says, But now thus says the Lord that created thee, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Old English, old King James, <laughs> but isn't that amazing? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. I'm changing it up. I'm making it more, you know, modern day. But listen to this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And he has called us by name. You know he knows your name, right? I uh, drove up beside a homeless guy today. I ran an errand and... He was asking for money, and I, I happened to have this bag of change. Do you ever have, like, loose change everywhere? Well, I gathered it up a few weeks ago, and I put it into a big plastic bag, and I thought, I'm going to start paying for all my burgers with this because it's too expensive to go through those drive throughs right? So we've cut down on that a lot. I don't know about you, but it's just, in, I mean, if you want to go through a drive through now, you got to drop, like, a lot of money, right, for a family. So uh, I started carrying around this cash. So here's this guy. You know how sometimes you go, oh, should I? I wish I could find change. And you can never find change. I had this huge bag. So I reached in, 
and I'm right beside him, the light's red, and I grabbed a huge wad, tons of toonies, tons of loonies, and I pushed down the window, and uh, I said this, and his hand reached out, and he had a, a glove on, and it was shaking, and I said, you're going to need two hands for this, and, and I put it into his hand, and I let him know. I said, do you know that God sees you, and he loves you, and he knows your name? Guy starts crying. It was a beautiful moment. I pray that the Lord finds, helps this man find his way out of his disaster. And I told him that. I want to thank somebody, uh, Jim, uh, I think it's Whitveen, and you sent me your book. How in the world did we get here? Thank you for sending me your book. I am going to try to uh, read that here and there when I can. Uh, reading books is, is something I'm trying to do. Uh, very, very difficult with our busy schedule, but thank you for sending me your book. Um, it looks like what you did was you wrote it during this last season when you began figuring out all the pieces and the parts. So I recommend, you know, maybe check it out. looks like a, a, a very cool book. Thank you. Thank you for sending me that, and thank you for some of the cards. And I love reading you guys' cards. You write me long letters. I mean, it's just beautiful. So I appreciate that. I also appreciate that somebody sent us a U.S. check. It was just for 25 bucks, but it's actually, you know, when you convert it, it's $100 Canadian. So we really appreciate that. All right. We have got great guests today. Before we do uh, election interference, our country is facing uh, quite a scandal at this time. So Liberal MP Greg Fergus questions CSIS about the leaks. Let's take a look what he has to say. Allegations may or may not. Uh, uh, come from CSIS. And this leads me to a sensitive question. Now, I know you can't comment about the specific case, but so let me just take this into a hypothetical <laughs> range. When you see, you know, with your knowledge of, of, of foreign interference uh, and the different techniques which are used in foreign interference, is it possible, uh, in your opinion, that unverified or, or unconfirmed leaks from secret sources uh, that may or may not come from official uh, sources uh, could in itself represent a form of foreign interference? <laughs> so the leaks are the problem. It's not that we found out that that CSIS warned our prime minister over and over, but this guy, like your bow tie, by the way, very nice, very cute. Um, but but, but it's this guy basically saying, do you think the problem is not the information from the leaks, but is the, is the problem actually the leaks? Is the problem not the people somebody's leaking? I mean, should Canadians really know that our prime minister was warned repeatedly that he should not be putting in one of the MPs that got voted in because they found so much evidence that there is... Collusion with China? No, that's not important. It's all about, are the leaks the problem? Okay, wow. So RCMP's top brass, Michael uh, Duhame, confirms that the Liberals kept them in the dark about the findings of CSIS on foreign interference. Take a look. Mr. Vigneault, Ms. Thomas said that uh, CSIS was informed a number of time of a number of complaints regarding foreign in interference in 2019-21. Can you 
Can you uh, confirm that, or rather to the RCMP? No, it's very rare that information would be sent to us. Do you have any information that uh, that any information was provided from ministers' offices and others? No. Uh, any information that we would have would in involve the site committee. Can you talk about foreign interference by Beijing in 2019-2021? Has anything come to your office? No? Neither to you haven't provided information either to the minister or cabinet? No. If somebody did so without going through the regular channels, I wouldn't know. Right. So they didn't know. So nobody's talking to each other. Yep. And that's how we keep having a big problem in our country because uh, the RCMP not cooperating with CSIS. Everybody's on their own little page. And of course, the problem is truly that anyone's leaking valuable information. That's really the problem here. Okay. Uh, Trudeau is going to be legalizing drugs. I think that's just going to be fabulous. You know, everything that we've legalized has only helped our country. So legalizing drugs, saying his government is grounding ourselves in facts and data. <laughs> uh, and they are going to continue to invest in supporting people. We are going to help you get those drugs. If that supports you, if that helps you, we're going to make that more accessible. What we've done around harm reduction and safe, uh, safe consumption, um, the the project that we have, that working with BC to decriminalize uh, possession of harder drugs now. Um, as we, I mean, there was a lot of shouting about that, and it's a very politically polarizing issue still. I mean, you can see the conservative leader doing videos about how, how bad that is, but grounding ourselves in facts and data and public treatment and evidence um, of a public health problem is, is the way to move forward on this. <laughs> well, I trust everything the Prime Minister says. Everything. I mean, if he says it's good to have more drugs, I'm just going to follow along because I am one of the sheep. So I saw this interesting video, and a woman, I think I saw it on, um, it was on Instagram, and she said she learned a valuable lesson really fast. Teacher comes in. He's usually very nice. He says to the entire class, if any of you move or get out of your seat, you are, you are failing this class. He takes um, a fishbowl, grabs a fish out of the fishbowl, puts the fish onto the desk. The fish is flapping around because it's dying, and he walks out. All of the students sit there. The teacher's gone, and what did he just say? If you get out of your seat or speak, you're going you're gonna to lose. You're going you're gonna to fail this class. They all just sat there. What are we going to do? Some of the girls, after a minute, they started crying because this is like so bad. So finally, one girl says, I don't care, gets up, gets that fish and plunks it back in the water. Teacher comes back in and you know what he says? What's wrong with all of you? What is wrong with all of you that someone can threaten you and fear monger you over something that's not important and you will allow pure evil to happen? Wow, that was a Great video today. I learned a lot. Well, you know, um, now is there anything that we should put up before David Eby? Yeah, right before we go to our guests. Okay, take a look. Oh, is it a, a read thing? BC Premier vows to investigate cannabis companies reported approval to produce and sell cocaine. 
Oh, <laughs> right. So Trudeau's, so JT thinks it's pretty incredible that Trudeau announces that, uh, that he's going to legalize it all. But David, uh, the, the BC Premier is now vowing to investigate cannabis companies' reported approval to produce and sell cocaine. <laughs> ah, it's so funny, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty interesting. Okay, let's try to shut phones off then while we're um, doing our show. All right, we're going to uh, bring on, we did have something, didn't we, on the transgender? Um, okay, so we can bring them on and then we'll, we'll uh, well, there is an 11-year-old boy in sixth grade. I know, but maybe that's good because we might have to leave. We might have to head over to Rumble, guys, to actually cover this, but... Can, can this 11-year-old boy go on? Um, so this 11-year-old boy is in the sixth grade, and he reads from a pornographic book that he found in his middle school library. Now, is this disturbing, guys? Like, I just want to give a warning. Whenever we're reading kids' book these days, it's so disturbing that I have to give a warning to parents in case kids are in the room or whatever. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I didn't see this clip. So, I'm right. 11 years old, and I go to Wyndham Middle School. I'm a sixth grader. I was in the library, and this book was on a stand. I'd like to read you a page. My back over my hips as I ask if we should take off, take our clothes off. And he's saying yes before I finish my sentence. He's pulling off my T-shirt laughing when I can't undo his shirt buttons. He's undoing my belt. I'm reaching into his bedside drawer for a condom. We're kissing again. We're rolling over. Obviously, you can see where this is going. I don't know if it's because we're feeling especially emotional or just tired, or these past couple of weeks have been too much. But this reminds me so much of the first time we had sex. We were both f***ing terrified, and the whole thing was kind of terrible because we didn't know what we were doing. But it was good too, so good, because we were a mess of emotions, and we were scared and excited, and everything felt new. So this sort of thing, this sort of feels like that. Nick touches me like he's scared that any minute. Now, this book was at my middle school, and it was on a stand. When I rented it out to show my dad it, uh, the librarian asked if I wanted more and if I wanted a graphic novel version. Oh, <laughs> The librarians are the sick, twisted minds behind all of this. And the sick, twisted teachers that would bring and allow books like this into your young children's school rooms. Is something wrong? I, I know some really good teachers. But some of y'all, pedophiles. Some of y'all are sick. You think it's okay that kids have this? You're really, you're disturbingly evil. And I pray God deals with you. And I pray man has justice in this regard. It's very, very bad. So I would like to invite Dr. Ann Gillies onto the show. And are we going to say goodbye? Well, ju let's just bring him on and say hi. Uh, and Dr. John Euler. And uh, we welcome you to the show. Uh, we're going to ask uh, YouTube and Facebook. We've got some very sensitive content that we're going to be getting into, and we ask you to head over to Rumble, and, um, and uh, we want to have an honest conversation about what's going on in our world, and we've got two amazing people. Dr. Ann Gillies, you are my good friend, and I appreciate all that you've done. Thank you for 
uh, the sacrifice that you've made in order to tell the world the truth about what we are um, dealing with. And you are working now with John Euler and making your way together to present fascinating uh, data and information so that people can understand this whole thing we've gone on. I'll start with you, Mr. Euler, because we have had Dr. Ann Gillies on so many times, so I sure would like to introduce you to the audience and have them know something about you. Tell us a bit about your background and why this topic um, has become very important to you. Laura Lynn, it's a pleasure to be with you and just to be precise, because in this uh, this world that we're tra uh, trafficking in, there's the pun, um, no pun intended, um, we need to be precise. I don't have a doctorate, I just have a master's. I'm a licensed professional counselor, but I very much appreciate the promotion Dr. Gillies has. has that. Just giving you I've a leg up. <laughs> You did. You did. I appreciate it. But we have to be precise because yes. uh, every word is going to be parsed, especially is, when we wander is. into these waters, sadly. Yep. I've been a therapist for 30 years, uh, worked with full uh, range of different mental health issues, inclu uh, including hospital programs. Uh, my background really can be summarized in two thirds as far as populations. One is survivors of significant sexual abuse, so survivors. Then kids in the system were called uh, severely emotionally disturbed kids, multiple placement feather, failures. So really the worst of the worst. And I come from the States that was out in California and then transitioned out to Pennsylvania, where I was recruited to start the nation's first, at least in the U.S., the nation's first intensive treatment program in long term solitary confinement. So my my clientele were the Hannibal Lecters and the pillagers and plunderers. And, so through that, it accrued more clinical contact hours than any uh, single prison psychology staff member in the U.S. or Canada. Was then also trained in the hair psychopathy checklist. Robert Hare from uh, University of British Columbia was flown out. So I was part of a specialized training as well as then headed up one of the state's intensive 65 bed unit, a forensic unit for sexually violent predators, and then continued on to work with uh, the full range of inmates, the full range of sex offenders, and after 11 plus years, decided to retire, started a couple of websites. One is churchprotect.org, the other is survivorsupport.net. And then um, after a time, became a certified sex offender treatment provider. I have about 45 men in um, three different groups, almost four groups now, and then I do uh, teletherapy by day, and then have started a new venture, and Dr. Gillies and I are gonna be co-hosts. It's called unmaskingthetransmovement.com. So unmasking the trans movement, that is what we need to do because what we are being told and sold by what's called the trans movement is really, I think one of the most effective psycholo psychological operations that have ever been foisted upon vulnerable, gender confused children and their families. So. I very much appreciate you having me on, uh, along with Dr. Ann Gillies, who I'm thrilled that she's willing to uh, help me with this endeavor. So we're going to have, a, it's gonna be a tremendous resource for parents. If they want the truth about what the trans movement is and how it is really targeting the most vulnerable and leaving children and women in danger uh, from very, dangerous men uh, as far as there's a certain segment of the activists that are actually sexual predators 
that are using this. It's really the ultimate Trojan horse. So, you know, there are very wounded children, very wounded young people that need significant help, and they are being exploited by those that are preying upon them both financially. So that would be all the different doctors and big pharma. You do not help a wounded child, a wounded minor who has significant mental health issues. You do not help them by suggesting the answer to them is to eradicate their core self and then sterilize and amputate them. That does not help anyone. Wow. Um, you know, on the list of jobs that people would not want to do, your career has spanned exactly that. I mean, people would probably rather be a mortician than some of, uh, of the things that you've had to do. Uh, you, you must be um, extremely gifted in this realm and, and called in order to step into such evil because most of us, um, we don't want to actually have to deal with it. And so you are stepping into the minds of some of the most perverted and evil men on the planet. That is shocking. But I do appreciate what you just said because then we're not imagining it then that the grooming of children is what's going on right now because some of these activists, maybe not all, but they certainly have no judgment, that's for sure. They're not there protecting kids. But you're saying definitely some of these activists, these these transgender people who are swinging on ropes with this um, these weird outfits on with their junk hanging out, these are probably absolutely predators. Oh, ab absolutely. Now, do we know 100%? Well, we know 100% of one thing, which is they have accessed porn for years. They're deeply steeped in porn. No man thinks it's a reasonable proposition to dress in women's underwear and drag unless he has first saturated his mind in thousands of hours of pornography. Pornography underlies all of this. What I tell people is this. The trans movement itself, though it seems real, we've been told it's real, it is not real. Now, of course, it's a real issue, but prior to the year 2005, this does, did not exist. I've been doing therapy for 30 years. Prior to about 2008, you didn't hear of this and there were no uh, referrals to transgender clinics. This is a man-made marketing scheme to target very vulnerable kids. It utilizes the most sophisticated of time-tested cult-like techniques. If you really want to understand those methods, you look at the former sex cult Nixium, which was branded by Keith Raniere as a self-help um, operation organization, along with Allison Mack, who both of whom are in prison right now, as well as uh, Scientology. So if you want to look at the methods of emotional and manipulation going on right now, you study those two cults and you'll understand what's going on. But the trans movement opens the door for and therefore lowers the bar of protection. Uh, we're not anti anything. Anne and I and Laura Lynn, you, we're not anti any group of people. We are for raising the bar on the protection of women and children. And we are concerned about, therefore, speak out against anything that would dumb down the ability to meaningfully discern a threat to women and children and those that would prey upon them financially, 
and emotionally, eventually to manipulate them onto the moving sidewalk of the trans movement. And people need to understand that. If a kid gets onto the trans movement, it's moving somewhere. It goes through transitions, but eventually they will be sterilized and then dumped out onto a surgeon's gurney where they will be amputated. Their sex organs will be amputated. This is not a mild issue and it's destroying kids. It's playing upon the vulnerabilities and the woundedness of kids. The majority of the trans movement, by the way, and Dr. Ann Gillies is, you know, I'm so glad she is with me because we're, we're speaking out definitively about this. The majority of the kids, you can really view it in my estimation, about 80% of those that are within the trans movement are being manipulated and exploited. Those are the wounded ones. The vast majority of the young people in that movement have been sexually abused or sexually exploited, have had sexual boundaries crossed. Then you have those on the autism spectrum. The, the thing that the sexual abuse survivor and those on the autism spectrum have in common is they have a very difficult time with their intuition. Therefore, they have a difficult time with reality testing and discerning manipulation. So a predator who has no conscience, there's nothing left to stop him except for somebody else's boundaries. So they look for those that have a hard time really knowing that they know that somebody is trying to manipulate them. That's about 80% of them. There's that 20% that is agenda driven in one way or another. And within that 20%, you have predators who have an agenda to either profit off of these kids or sexually prey upon them. And those are the ones that are driving this because you look at, especially with any cult, what is a cult going to do? It's going to draw kids away from the family. Therefore, it's going to pit uh, themselves, the activists against families, therefore they're going to go after parental rights and they're going to own the child. And if you've ever heard the term conversion therapy, unfortunately now it's been codified in Canada. That's a flipping of the language because what it means is the cult has drawn in your child. That child is there. Your child is theirs. And if you try to take the child away, influence them away, you are converting them away from their new family. It's very diabolical. Again, Dr. Ann Gillies, you know, she's been on the front lines and I'm so pleased to have her uh, as a comrade in arms. And Laurelyn, you're doing a wonderful job as well. Mm. Well, you know, I appreciate that the two of you are going to be working together and doing this podcast. I, I think it's timely and epic. And Dr. Ann, uh, we've talked about these things before and you are really an expert in all of these issues, even from your personal experience and whatnot, but you really understand about this conversion therapy ban. This is putting uh, people that are clinicians, uh, even parents at risk of being uh, charged with not allowing, uh, not, you know, not supporting a child's desire to be trans. You're basically not allowed to say anything. And yet a lot of trans people now saying, why didn't you tell me? And now, there is the beginning of suing the people that actually ushered them into this lifestyle. Absolutely. And, and we talked about this a few years ago that we're going to see um, these young people when they, especially the young women, when they get into their mid twenties and early thirties and realize they can never actually become the opposite sex. It's absolutely impossible. And that they are going to have huge regrets. And then we're going to see them beginning to sue the doctors, uh, the education system, the teachers, the ones who who uh, funneled them in to activist groups, 
and we're seeing that. In fact, we just have a young girl um, that is uh, has detransitioned, uh, detransitioned um, because she was uh, medically she uh, ended up having um, her breasts removed. Anyways, she is suing, and she only lives an hour from where I I live in Ontario. So it's beginning. We're going to see the wave starting, and good. We need to see it start. The sad thing is that at this point we're just picking up the pieces. And again, with conversion therapy laws, we're not even allowed to pick up the pieces because we can't tell them that um, if they come to us, we're stuck, right? We're supposed to just say, well, you know, you're probably, you know, you probably just need to stay the course. All of those things that, that we have been able to do up until 2005, which is exactly where John uh, was talking about, because we see in charts where it just goes up through the roof with with this trans movement and what has happened so yeah we've talked about it john has a lot of fire and he has a lot of personal experiences with predators which is amazing my uh now his is clinical experience sorry and mine is personal experience so i think that together we're going to have a really good platform and we've already been doing some interviews and just you know there's so many people starting to speak out you're hearing it laura lynn um, people are fed up. And what's, it, it's very timely, but the thing is nobody's telling the truth to these young kids who think that they want to transgender, you know, transition into a, a different gender because uh, like you just said, uh, John, basically they're cutting off their sex organs and those do not grow back and it actually ruins sex lives probably forever. And um, the, the other thing is, these kids are the most rejected by yes. the LGBTQ community when they go, this was a mistake. Then they're cut off. Nobody wants to talk to them. No one's paying for their reconstruction surgery. That's right. Well, and Laura Lynn, yeah. just to add something to that, that, that anyone that leaves uh, the LGBTQ community, um, they are ostracized for whatever reason if they leave. It's like, well, you can't, you can't leave us. I mean, they have, they have the ability to leave, but they lose all of their friends, their communication, their, their community, because they have had community there, let's face it. And so, but it's very much like a sect. And, and so if you don't agree with them, you're out. And these poor children have, have uh, what we've seen in the past is these children who decide to detransition or they are detransitioners. They finally, you know, in one place, they thought they had these friends and then they find out the truth that nobody wants to help them now. Nobody wants to support them and they're so, left, you know. It's, it's horrible. John, I assume that you've been doing this, uh, as you said, a, a, a number of years. And so you've had time to see the transgender movement grow. What do you think has transpired in our culture that has caused such an, an an epidemic of transgender kids? You really have two things. And what I say is this, these are the two things that if you eradicate or remove, if you remove these two things, everything will, will disappear back to the numbers we saw in 2005, which is zero. Have there always been intersects? Yeah, 0.000%. Uh, most clinicians have never even treated an intersex individual, not because we're ignorant, not because we have our, our eyes closed. 
when you work with multiple placement failures, severely emotionally disturbed kids, you will see what is true. And they'll tell you what is true about yourself, by the way. So if you want to see youth culture, if you want to see anything that is true within youth trends, you work with really severely damaged kids in the system and you will find out what is true. Therefore, prior to 2005, there was no such thing as trans anything. As a matter of fact, I'll say a controversial thing, but I'll back it up. There's no such no such thing as trans. Is that, oh, we've been told this. There are no trans kids. There are no trans people. I'll tell you what there are. There are people. Everybody needs to listen to this. There are people. There's boys and girls, men and women that have become confused and manipulated. There are people. People need help. They do not need exploitation. This is not a people group. This is a group of young people who have been manipulated and wounded. They are gender confused. And here are the two issues. If you look at the rates of referrals, go online and simply do a search, plug in this, this sentence, rates of referrals for, to transgender medical clinics. And all around the world, what you will find is this. It is flatlined. It bumps a little bit in 2009. Okay, RuPaul Drag Race launched in 2009. It then dips back down, but suddenly in 2013, it shoots up like a tidal wave, a tidal wave, a tsunami. You know how it sucks in all the water. So there's very little water, then it shoots straight up. That is not a trend line. That is either a plague, plague shoots straight up in terms of numbers, or a brilliant marketing scheme. And in 2013, that'll be the point at which you will see in all of these graphs that the numbers shoot straight up. What And that's universal now. You look at Europe. You look at wherever the trans movement is, and I ask anyone, because that means this is worldwide. What happened in, in 2013? Typically, no one can tell me. I'll tell you exactly what happened. I'll tell you where the answer lies. It lies with 13 individuals that made up the working group for the DSM-5. And I have stated publicly that Blanchard and Zucker need to come forward, renounce this, and put things back to the the diagnosis of the 2000 uh, of the DSM-4. There was nothing wrong with that. The 2000, uh, I'm sorry, the DSM-5 in 2013 was published, and it made possible by one little change, adding adolescence to the issue of gender dysphoria, changed gender identity to gender dysphoria. Suddenly, this became billable. This became profitable. A Pandora's box has been open because of the DSM-5. Without that, there wouldn't be any profit motive. And the other piece to this is pornography. Without the DSM-5, I'll debate anybody, anywhere, anytime on live TV. Okay, This infuriates me what we have done to kids. We're slaughtering them. And then we're dumping them out the other side once they awaken from this cult-like stupor I'm sorry, they are scarred for life. And then we tell this group that shuns them like a cult says, you know, deal with it. Really? Oh, that's compassionate. So without pornography, it's influence. And those that are using it to actively groom the emotions and, and mind of kids to where their boundaries and their inhibitions are lowered. So without porn and its influence and those pushing it, and without the DSM-5, 
You remove, remove those two things and the entire trans movement will dry up and blow away to the numbers we saw in 2005. It doesn't exist. Wow. Now, in Tennessee, and you are down in the United States of America, we can see that American flag uh, behind you there. So it's pretty cool that we've got Dr. Ann Gillies in Canada uh, giving coverage for here, and you're covering the states. But in Tennessee, right next to you, apparently they are um, going to be banning, or maybe are already banning, uh, these surgeries on minors. Is, is that correct? That's right. And what I, how I um, stated is this, that they recognize that people are exploiting the vulnerabilities of these kids that have been manipulated. So they have raised the bar on child safety and protection. What an adult wants to do, that is fine. I still think it's a shame because it used to be that psychology cared about self-esteem. And how, how did we used to help people with self-esteem? You help improve their self-concept by their ability to find out what they do what they do well, how they can become accomplished at things. Now, what do we do? We suppose they're gonna help their self-esteem by we tell them to eradicate themselves, their old selves, especially if you're talking to, think about the implications. If you're talking about a sexual abuse trauma survivor, they already want to distance themselves. They may have shattered parts on the inside in terms of uh, their personality. And so you're telling them to eradicate themselves and that's the way into a, into healthy self-esteem. Now they call it even a dead name. That is not how you help wounded people. And Dr. Ann can speak to this. You want to help them embrace those wounded parts, not eradicate and slice them off. And how many of these surgeons actually literally slice through scars that previously exist because of self-injurious behavior, cutting these young girls are cutting on themselves. And I have pictures I put online that you have surgeons that have done double mastectomy on double mastectomies on young, wounded, uh, emotionally disturbed kids, uh, teens, and they had to slice through. Sorry, <clears throat> sorry, they had to slice through. The surgeons did the self-inflicted wounds, the scars from trauma, and the question is, I have for those doctors. Don't you have to do an assessment at eval? You look at the patient's body, you're gonna slice her breasts off. Don't you see the self-inflicted wounds? You're trained as a mandated reporter and you know the nine red flag key clinical indicators, there's nine of them. Any clinician is mandated reporter, they should be able to rattle those nine red flags off, especially psychiatrists and medical doctors. Yet they're cutting the breasts off, having to cut through uh, scar tissue from self-inflicted wounds, which is always indicative of sexual trauma. And Dr. Gillies speaks you know, well to this issue. Yes, Dr. Gillies. Well, and, and John, this is why I love uh, working with John because he's very passionate and very forthright. And one of the things that we wanna be able to do is to speak and to talk to those who have been so damaged and wounded and the sexually abused. And now, um, yeah, it just it is so ludicrous to us to think that medical doctors have no sense of the do no harm anymore. They, they are just doing whatever they can to appease the bigger picture, the big pharma, the medical associations, and not think of these young girls and 
young boys as well. And so eradicating their sexuality, um, making them infertile for life. And what, what child? There is no sense where a child can no consent to this, right? No comprehension. Their brain isn't even developed until they're 25 neurologically. And so to really make those choices. Yeah. So we need to be treating the trauma is, like we used this, to. It's, it's such a disturbing thing, isn't it? Uh, and in that, um, this is unheard of when I was growing up. We didn't have tons of kids who were like all claiming, you know, that they were transgender. And I like how John put it, that there is no transgender. There's just people. We didn't have people running around being confused on this. But because that that is absolutely astounding to me. I've never heard that before about the, the DSMV, uh, the, the big book that changed the wording and and opened up an avenue for money. That's what changed everything. And so suddenly everyone went, light bulb, this is how I make... And this is what they're doing. They're making tons of money. We outed a guy in Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, Dr. Wong. All the kids that had transgender issues in all the whole area had to funnel through him. And he had one, you know, one little chat with them, basically, and they were being ushered into to operations and to cross-sex hormones being given quite quickly. And But now this damage is so horrendous um, and, and, and just permeating our society so that, and also the fear factor. So it's become politically incorrect to even speak against this. How dare you? Now we've got girls that can run, um, you know, uh, well, we have boys claiming that they're girls running in the, you know, all of these running meets and nobody can bat an eye. The coaches don't want to say anything. The, the mothers of the girls who've trained really hard for their daughter to get the gold is not saying anything. And it's become a totally uh, politically incorrect thing to speak of. So I know that you've come under fire, Anne. And why do you think that uh, the government is participating in this as well? Well, I think I think we all know why the government officials and the politicians are are participating because there is such a huge movement, and that's the trans movement that has so enveloped everyone. And politicians want to be uh, seen in the best light possible. And when you have a whole movement that is actually politicized and who have um, the activists who have put such pressure and probably um, in all likelihood bought off some of those who would actually stand for truth. And so we have this whole, it's, it's this whole cover up that is just absolutely it's incredible. It's going, been going on for years, but you know what I, I believe the wave is, is starting. And I think we're going to see a tsunami of people that are going to start coming forward. And look at our friend Josh Alexander, the young man um, who recently in Ontario, uh, he, he uh, got kicked out of school for standing up for young girls who didn't want to share their bathroom with boys. I mean, I don't want to share my bathroom with a man. You know, some some man comes into the women's bathroom at uh, at Walmart. I'm going to scream bloody murder. I don't yeah. want him in there. What are you doing I in here? I don't care if he's dressed like a woman. My first That's husband wrong. wanted to dress like a woman. You know, it's like no. Let's let's start taking back what we've lost. We have lost so much because we have just kind of stayed quiet. You know, we didn't want to rough, uh, ruffle any feathers. Well, it's time and. And, you know, we think, oh, well, then maybe the children will speak up. 
No, the adults need to speak up for their children and start defending their children and protecting their children. When did kids again. get so powerful? When did, when did I, I had no power when I was a kid. I was like, you do as I say or else. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had this healthy fear of parents. Now it's, it's all on the kids. You decide what you want to be. You decide. And if anybody comes against you, we're going to go after them. You know, like the children are all powerful. But um, the NBA's Raptors have gone woke and apologized for a woman's history month video that drew criticism um in i mean in an unprecedented thing the nba raptor says i I think they said something about only women right Uh, only women could have children and then uh when an organization that prides itself on doing the right thing when it comes to inclusion and representation representation um and we made a mistake said raptor officials oh they're an organization so they said, you know, only like talked about women having babies and then all of a sudden they had to apologize. And is there a video that goes along with that? So this was the video, I guess, that, yeah. Okay. Girls were in the world because they're the only one that can procreate. They birth everybody. All women are great because they're all queens. Oh, so because they said such a wonderful video, only women can procreate. They have now issued an apology. That has to stop. This is what has to stop. All of these organizations need to stop caving to this agenda. This is stupid. They said the truth. Guess what, Lorelaine? You and I are mamas, right? Yeah. We we went through nine months, hello, of those babies growing inside of us. And we are the ones, we are the ones who gave birth. We went through the pain right yeah. and no man i don't care if it you know then we have these these trans men kind of they're women they still have their parts right they still have a womb but they have been taking us or taking testosterone they have beards they they look like oh, men they so it's so crazy to pictures. see pictures right oh it's so they're disturbing. Not women and they're breastfeeding and they have a beard it's so Oh, like there's something in your spirit that just is so alarmed by that. Uh, John, you well, brought, I, I said, yeah, go ahead. John brought some, uh, some PowerPoint slides, uh, that, uh, maybe we can go through. Merlin, yeah. let me set the stage for, and again, Dr. Gillies and I uh, make a tremendous team because there are two areas of concern really in, in our estimation with the trans movement, again, using that term, but it's really, in my estimation, the trans deception, it's harming kids and leaving uh, women and children vulnerable. And it's leaving them vulnerable. So first of all, it's exploiting the woundedness of very vulnerable people. So that's on one end. On the other is, it is dumbing down the intuitive ability to discern who poses a threat a sexual uh, threat. Now you have financial threat. Those are the ones that are making money off the body parts of kids and and making them big pharma clients for life. But with my background, again, I have probably now over 14,000 clinical contact hours dealing with sex offenders. I'm currently a sex offender treatment provider. I have three groups, almost now four, about 45 guys. But while in prison, worked with the worst of the worst. There's not one kind of sex vendor I have not dealt with and also work with guys that are porn addicted um, in my private practice as well. I learned a lot 
what really, quite frankly, no outside researcher would ever be able to learn simply by virtue of you're at a disadvantage if you are an academic researcher. I'm not saying there aren't bright individuals, right? But I, I, I would not have known this until I worked in a prison for 11 years, which is if you're an academic researcher, it's a lengthy process to gain access into a prison to do the research. How are you going to do that? You're going to request a specific inmate or inmates, or you're going to leave it open to the institution to select those. That's usually on a voluntary basis. Think about the population when it has to do with sex offenders. So the research method matters. And by virtue of lack of access, it's very difficult to gain meaningful information other than from a self-report. Well, they're getting self-reports from who? The world's greatest liars. Okay, the greatest criminal minds are those that have been able to get away with it. What is it? Traumatizing people sexually and lying about it. By the time they're busted, how many years have they been perping on women or children? Women or children for years. How many victims do they have? Countless. So what has happened is there's been false narratives that have been created. And because of that, we have had sympathies transitioned from survivors where, and the victims, which is where our sympathies should be, onto these men who have preyed upon women and children. What came from my work and still my work with men who have sexually offended is a couple of key points, which is this. Ever since the 70s, really, but certainly the 80s, what, underlines, what underlies all of sexual offending is pornography. You will not find any single case of a man who is sexually offended that that man was not deeply steeped in pornography prior to offending and 100% of pedophiles. You will not find an exception. 100% are busted with child rape porn included in that stash because there are stages downward is bestiality. Now, where might we start to see that? We'll see that in furries and pup play. Now you're going to start to see that integrated into the trans movement, grooming kids. By the time a man is into pedophilia, and by the way, no man is minor attracted because no man is attracted to a child's body. That is a myth that's floated by, by predators and predator apologist academics, who I will invite anyone onto my live program to debate me about this issue. What happens is this, a man who gets into pornography, there is a progression downward, and the key to offending is the issue of deviance. The issue of deviance means a man becomes completely different and quite frankly, his mind becomes psychopathic. There's two kinds of psychopaths, white collar and bloody psychopath. The, white, the bloody psychopath is what we all think of. Robert Hare coined the term who is, uh, they call him the godfather of uh, psychopathy. So uh, he is the, the author of the PCLR, the Hare Psychopathy Checklist. I'm uh, forensically certified in that. Um, a psychopath has three characteristics, and it always comes down to conscience. He has no conscience. You override your conscience long enough, and you will. So it's a, it's a purposeful act. People will debate whether it's nurture, nature, genetics. Of course, all those play a, a role, but you would have identical twins that become psychopaths. That, no, a psychopath becomes a psychopath by overriding his conscience. That's first and foremost. Because of that, 
eventually they get to a point where they're not sorry. So there goes remorse. So they have no remorse and they don't care about the impact. Therefore, that's empathy. So a psychopath has no conscience, no remorse, no empathy. Now you layer that with the, with whatever they're into. It could be a financial psychopath. Where do we find those? Wall Street, Bernie Madoff, who made off with everybody's money, who's head of the NAS, who was head of the NASDAQ. How many people did he victimize? Countless. So he was a financial psychopath. You can have a sexual psychopath. Romans chapter one talks about a reprobate mind. The term reprobate is not a sexual term, by the way. It's very interesting and it's important to know this. Psychology comes along late in the game and comes up with these terms such as sociopath, psychopath, sociopathy is sales, a psychopathy, and here's the difference. The difference between a sociopath and a psychopath, by the way, is a sociopath operates on the cost-benefit analysis. When the cost gets too much, the person will move on. A psychopath, so think of deviance. The term deviance means this, that I, as a guy, can only get aroused, and I'm going to focus on men primarily, Okay, that I, as a guy, can only get sexually aroused when I'm having an, when I know I'm having a neg a lasting and meaningful negative impact upon my victim. That's very different than a normal guy because a normal guy can only get aroused as as long as I know he knows that his partner is enjoying herself. So that's why oh they ruined the mood. Okay, someone who's morphed into the realm of psychopathy has at the same time morphed into deviance. I will demonstrate how I can say such a statement as far as uh, anybody that's harmed a child is by nature a sexual psychopath because the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections, uh, we assess them, but then there's a secondary board called the Sex Offender Assessment Board called the SOAB Board. Part and parcel of that interview process, they utilize the hair psychopathy checklist, especially for anyone that's offended a child. Why do they use that? Because the presumption is if you offend a child, if you sexually violate a child, you have no conscience, therefore you have no remorse and no empathy. The further someone goes down the path, and the best way to view it is a slippery slope, people need to understand this, and this is germane or pertinent to now the trans deception and the concerns we have about the men that are in there, certain men. The further someone goes down, they become driven to have a negative impact. They go on the hunt, they become predators. The word for reprobate in Romans chapter one is a metallurgy term, meaning it's no longer good for its intended purpose. We were intended to have a mind that had a high value of people. So we love people and use things. The further off the straight and narrow and down the slippery slope someone gets, and if they get into pornography, there's a changing of the mind, the heart, the soul, the disposition, the appetites, that which energizes them. They eventually move from attraction to lust, down to objectification, down to power and control, and then they start to develop a malevolence toward women. That's pertinent to men wanting access to women's sports and prisons and rape shelters. And eventually they desire and they're driven to mar and scar the soul and eradicate purity. What population now do you think they're targeting? Targeting? They're targeting kids. They're beyond the point of no return. Stats show there's no hope for pedophiles. Why? They've been given over to a mind that has become inverted now. You can look up brain scans of psychopaths and see that they are very different in terms of how they function and how they respond in terms of conscience and empathy and remorse. And the charts that you're seeing are those that I put together 
while working the Pennsylvania uh, Department of Corrections, while working with these men and doing sex offender treatment to show there is a progression that a man will get into and the full continuum of or range of sex offenders. As a matter of fact, there is a chart that will show the range of sex offenders. I forget which number it is, um, but you can match. There we go. So there's uh, my research. And so I, I did what I considered to be an intensive embedded a longitudinal field research, right? Kind of like Jane Goodall went into the brush to, to study her subjects, which happened to be chimpanzees. She didn't have a PhD at the time, but she decided she was going to go there. I, I had access just like other psychology staff. However, that was my place of work in long-term solitary. But I accrued in one day what most prison psychology staff members in terms of boots on the ground hours, clinical contact hours, I, I accrued in one day what the average psychology staff member accrues in a month. And the men that I had were the worst of the worst that didn't play nice in prison. So, and then headed up one of the, again, a specialized uh, 65 bed treatment program for sexually violent predators. And so there is a, a definite correlation between the kind of offense and their moral disposition and the pornography. And here's what's pertinent to this issue. We, uh, predators know us better than we know them because once upon a time they had a conscience and they use that to their advantage. And they know that normal people want to give other people the benefit of the doubt. We don't want to assume the worst in someone. So they use that to their advantage as they are driven to cross boundaries, to hunt, for that population that is the most innocent so that they can mar and scar and traumatize because they are into deviance. And so I would submit to you this, that within the act activists that are pushing this, there's a percentage of those that are sexual, uh, sexually, uh, that are sexual predators that have no problem. And the men in my sex offender treatment group are aghast that the public cannot see this because most people think, and if I hadn't worked with them, I would have thought the same thing that no self-respecting sex offender would dress up and try to access people. Isn't that funny? We think that I'm here to tell people that sexual predators have no problem. If all it takes is for me to be able to access the private spaces and private body parts of women and children, if you tell me all I have to do is dress up, dress in drag or dress in furries, which is a big costume, almost like a mascot costume with 100% with of my identity covered. The first time I heard about furries was from a very dangerous predator who said, Mr. Euler, you know, furries is the best, best hunting method because it's amazing how parents will hand their children over to you if you dress up men and women's sports, they do not care. And what's come out of um, information about Leah Thomas, the Penn State swimmer, the guy who's traumatized these women in the locker room, it did not surprise me. Same thing with Sam Brenton, that was the undersecretary of, um, edgy, uh, uh, spent waste fuel in the Biden administration, talk about easily compromised. Um, what has come up, out about all those, Sam Brenton stealing women's underwear by virtue of luggage, that's a very dangerous stage by the time a man is stealing underwear. That's not a mild thing. That's indicative of something very, very potentially heinous going on. You're dealing with very dangerous men by the time they're stealing women's underwear. Where did that, where did the undergarments go from Sam Britton? The luggage that he stole, he pleasured himself in them. The same reason why you go online and you look at these men 
the men that are dressed in drag that are in women's rooms, the washrooms, the toilet areas, they're the ones taking pictures of themselves. We think they're preening because, oh, they look pretty. No, they're sending message to the public and to others. They've conquered the space. Now it's all theirs. And they're in there with what? Their cell phone cameras. What do you think they're doing? They're doing the same thing that the swimmers, these guys know that are going under women's sports team. People need to understand this. And if Leah Thomas wants to debate me or any man that dresses in drag that wants to debate me, come on my program and we will, because you know, I'm talking to those guys right now. You know, it's porn. You know, you become deviant and you know, now you have a deep malevolence because this is what porn does to the mind of men. It creates a deep malevolence, a hatred towards women to where they want to taunt them and put their hands around their neck. That should start to be concerning for people because that's kink and that's BDSM. It creates a hatred towards women to where men will say, kill turfs and shut their mouths. This is the ultimate subjugation towards women. And it, they are toying with the women in the sports events. This is about denying women. This is not about these men want to win medals. No, I'll tell you what the prize is. The prize is what happens after the meet? Where do they get to go? Into the locker rooms and shower rooms, just like we spa. That's what these men are all about. And that's why this is a public threat. That's why these men want into uh, prisons. 100% of these men, I can guarantee this. Okay, if anybody wants to debate me or uh, uh, prove me wrong, anybody that's in charge of any state system, prov provincial statement, or any, any country's prison system on a federal level, you bring me in and you let me do a deep dive into the records of any of these men that want into women's prisons, and I'll find a sexual offense against women. A um, number of which have never been charged. That's why they'll say, well, only half these men are sex offenders. I have three guys right now in my sex offender treatment group, among 43, that on paper have no sex offense because they plea, they took a plea deal and dealt the, the sex offense away down to simple assault. Deviant men are wanting access to the private spaces of women and children. Why? To traumatize them and to gain hands-on access. That's why this entire trans deception is so dangerous because it's leaving young damaged kids scarred for life and it is dumbing down the ability especially of mandated reporters to meaningfully discern when a child is being traumatized actively preyed upon and being able to meaningfully discern predators in their midst wow that is good i mean that sums it up and that is why every parent should be aware and not, you know, catering to all of this nonsense. Um, we're, we've got our next guest waiting, uh, Dr. Gillies. I'll just give you an opportunity to respond. And I just thank both of you for your courage. This is exactly what we have to get out to everybody to stop pandering and, and get your courage up to speak out against these predators. Yeah, and I'll just finish up quickly and thank you, John. I mean, um, John's expertise is bar none. And I think we need to all be listening and parents, you need to be listening. And, you know, uh, he mentioned Sam Britton and I started looking into Sam Britton a few years ago and his whole pops, um, the, the stuff about pops. And if you don't know about that, parents, you need to Google it. Well, you don't want to Google it, but you should because your children are being exposed to these things through the furries and then the pups. All of this stuff is meant to rob your children of their innocence and of their very lives. So uh, listen to John. He has a wealth of information 
And thank you, Laura Lynn. You are so brave to allow us to come on here. We're going to keep talking about these things. And uh, we just want to we just want to help the kids out there, the parents that need to protect their kids. So you are both going to be doing a new uh, podcast, uh, Unmasking the Trans, and where uh, people are wanting to know how they can, you know, have conversations with you and communicate and, and watch your, your broadcasts. There you go. Laura Lynn, it is, and this is what we're all about, Unmasking the Trans Movement. We have to unmaskthetransmovement.com. So unmaskingthetransmovement.com. Uh, Dr. Gillies, an expert in trauma. I'm also certified in it, but what a team we make because we can help wounded kids and also help parents and all good people take important steps to begin to protect against these sexual predators and financial predators that are trying to gain access to our kids. Wow. I just appreciate you guys so much. You are the courageous ones speaking out loud about this, bringing the truth of it because it's actually evil to the core. This, there's nothing fun about what's happening and parents need to wake up. And I do pray that there are parents watching right now who are kind of been like, oh, is it really that bad that they're having trans story time or, you know, whatever. No, no, it is that bad. Uh, this is predatory. It's evil and it shouldn't be anywhere near our children or society. So thank you for doing this. Let's, uh, let's have another conversation again in the near future and uh, best to you on the starting of your broadcast. And I know a lot of people will be tuning in and will be watching as well. Thank you very much to both of you, John and Anne. Thank you. Thank you. It takes courage in this world to speak up and I just admire them so much. We have another person I admire tremendously and that is Pastor Archer Pavlovsky, and uh, there has been another incident. I saw, I saw a video, uh, Archer, and you were, uh, once again, you were having to really call out the behaviors of the officers, and you called them a Nazi. And from what I saw, you were being told you're not allowed in a public space. Now, Laura, I mean, this story is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't know when uh, it's going to stop. I mean, this is insanity at the highest levels so um of course your previous guests guests were talking about this craziness of pedophilia and 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 uh, you know predators that are all around us right now with enormous powers so one of the pastor of course that i worked with for many years uh, derek reimer he decided to organize um protests outside of drag queen stories and he brought you know some of the people with him and he would oppose that he would tell people what's really going on that this is wrong and you if you remember a few years ago i also um organized a protest against the naked swimming with uh, children in calgary on a regular basis and edmonton as well adults can swim with strangers kids with kids that they don't know naked in a public publicly funded swimming pool so i was opposing that i was the actually the only pastor in the city of calgary that opposed that and of course i was kicked out as well from the public swimming pool so derek reimer decided to you know 
do the protests, to do the rallies, to organize at least some kind of form of resistance and let the people know what's really going on behind the closed doors. Well, we have a psychopathic Nazi, and I'm not exaggerating, a Nazi psychopathic mayor, Gondek. Mayor, this woman decided last year that protesting against her is illegal. And she went to a crooked judge and she got an injunction against peaceful protesters, just like you would have in China, just like you would have in North Korea or in Soviet Russia. I remember growing up, of course, under the boots of the Soviets and the protests were illegal, just like Gondek says protests are illegal unless they're approved by me if i approve them then you can protest which is total craziness it's insanity right uh, a tyrant cannot uh, be in charge of approving or disapproving you know dissidents uh this uh, or protesting or rallying i mean uh of, of for obvious reasons because people want to protest them and what they're doing. So anyway, Derek Rahmer continued. And of course, a few days ago, it went viral. He was physically attacked. He was assaulted by the participants of the drug, you know, queen show perversion, a pedophilia uh, ring. And he was assaulted, thrown out, uh, police showed up and, and he left the premises. And then uh, the next a couple of days later, the police knocked at his door and they said there is going to be a warrant for his arrest. And yesterday he was arrested. Yesterday he was arrested by a multiple police officers, taken to prison uh, and denied bail. He's not allowed to come out. I think he had two court appearances already and he is to remain in prison because you see pedophiles, no problem. They can be let out. They're perfectly safe. Murderers, drug traffickers, human traffickers, you know, all those people, uh, violent, you know, assaults, all of those people are perfectly, you know, perfectly okay. Uh, they, they promise that they will behave and they will be let out on bail. But pastors, as you know, I was denied bail for 50 days in solitary confinement, metal cages, stripped naked. And so it looks like that's exactly what they want. They want pastors in prison. So anyway, as you know, I am the leader of the Independence Party of Alberta. People elected me to represent them. I am a politician now, not just a pastor. And what the politicians, well, put it this way, what the politicians were supposed to be doing and they're not doing, it forms, you know, to form some kind of opposition to the wrong that is being done in front of them or, or create some kind of a resistance in a political realm if a law is being broken and of course clearly right now the law has been broken by the federal provincial and municipal governments left and the right they're acting like mafia bosses and they're using police officers as some kind of a enforcers a muscle for al capones of today al chapos of today so what i decided to do um you know i was asked by my uh, party people that elected me to organize some kind of a press conference and talking about what is happening in our beloved city of, Calga of Calgary. So that's what I did. I uh, showed up and I was supposed to be there just for a few minutes, do a press conference and leave. Where is the best place to do press conference? Well, 
I believe it's the city hall, the city hall that is doing this to us. So municipal building with the psychopathic, perverted, evil Nazi mayor, Gondek, uh, I think that's the best place to talk to the people that elected us, especially now when we are waiting for the next provincial election. I've seen about 40, maybe 50 different press conferences at City Hall. It's a very common place for press conferences. I mean, that's where the media scrum is happening. There is a huge, huge uh, atrium, uh, so much space. You're not impeding on anyone. Uh, people can go back and forth. It's a huge place. You do your media scrum. A media it's did show It's completely public. Right? right it's, it's a public totally place public, uh, publicly funded of course it's it's a it's a good place for such a endeavor um well it didn't go as planned uh when i showed up i was recognized immediately and i was told by a number of security personnel uh that uh, we are not allowed to have a press conference so they're telling a politician that uh, now in canada you're not allowed to have a press conference wow. in a government building so we agreed because of course i you know i i am still under house arrest and i you know if i don't have to i don't want to go back to prison if i have to i guess i i will um but if i don't have to i'd rather not to so i decided to go outside and i said to them it's extremely cold outside let us put our stuff together and we will leave and we agreed on leaving uh, well, that was not good enough for them. They trespassed us and selectively, only me, my brother David, and another uh, person, we got 30 days trespass notices for simply not running away uh, fast enough from their private castle, castle of Al Capone, Gondek of today. Well, so I got the 30 days trespass i i left and no one had to escort me or kick me out i left uh by my own and um i uh, told the people let's go and do it outside and if we're not allowed as politicians anymore to be in our own city hall uh, because it's being run by tyrants and dictators let's do it outside you won't believe it so we are outside on a public sidewalk we were told i was personally told to go on a sidewalk i go to a sidewalk set up uh, equipment cameras uh, media set up their stuff and then the police shows up again and they trespass me again for a year and now they say i cannot even be outside of the city hall can you believe this i mean it's a this should be an international story right now that in the city of calgary politicians are barred because they have different political associations they have different political views they should be barred from public spaces this is what we are facing right now and another interesting part of the story is right so pastor derek reimer is in prison because he dares to have different view than the nazi mayor of the city of calgary that is using police force as her personal muscle just like mafia does there's, there's no there's i don't i don't see any difference anymore 
you know we can call them gestapo we can call them enforcers uh but the people on the top they're just pure mafiosos they don't follow the law rule uh, uh the rule of law the criminal code of canada constitution charter rights and freedom all of that stuff is kicked out you have no rights whatsoever but here is a fascinating part i kept doing i did the press conference i will uh it's on um it's already on uh, Facebook, but I'm going to put a better quality of audio because it was very windy. Um, so it hopefully will be better on the on the camera um, and I'll post it. It's, um, you know, as soon as I can. And uh, what's very interesting um, that we finished everything uh, and, and then the police shows up with another piece of paper and they are attempting to, I don't know, to give it to me or to to just show it to me but i'm telling you by now laura i do not trust those people they're pathological liars they have uh, total disregard to rule of law they don't care about the criminal code of canada they don't care about the constitution they're lawbreakers they're gangsters to me police officers and the security guards are nothing more bylaw services than just gangsters they are evil wicked gangsters i don't want to have anything to do with them i don't want to talk to them i don't want to receive anything from those people if they want to serve me with something they can always reach to my lawyer because i've seen them lie i've seen them do all kinds of stuff that was illegal and they literally can get away with murder but here's what i want to show it to you the officer um the officers do you see the pins they have you can actually see on the right side of the officer on his uniform uh, they have pins you know what's on their pins what i love ev they are advertising for the city of calgary the green agenda they are green mafiosos that's what they are they are green terrorists and i remember when i talked to the officers um you know for many years they would always tell me uh we're not allowed to expose any views um we a uniform is kind of like a holy thing we cannot have a cross we cannot have you know we cannot advertise anything on our uniforms except the city of calgary and i was told this lie for many many years until of course i saw them with the rainbows walking proudly and then i see them with a green terrorist pin uh i love uh, ev on their uniform so it is a shocker because uh, that's uh, bob blyon um our our uh, candidate that is going to be running in this upcoming uh, election um here is here is the summary of of, of this ordeal laura if political parties if uh, politicians that have contrary view to the ruling parties to the ruling politicians cannot even communicate that in a public square in a public place where historically it should be happening then freedom of expression and of course freedom of religion is gone uh, a long time freedom of association freedom of um, of gathering peaceful assembly all of those things are gone because now the police um is activated not as the peace officers because it was very peaceful until the gangsters in uniform 
showed up. And, and that's the pattern I see every single time right now. Until those gangsters do not come, people are very peaceful. Yeah, they may be loud, they may say, they may express themselves, you know, about what they see, but it's peaceful. And then they pack their toys, if you will, and they go home. So the steam is out. The moment the gangster gangsters in uniform, the enforcers for the Mafia Gondek come, peace is gone. They are, I, I remember when I talked to the officers for many years, I was always told that they are to de-escalate the situation, not aggravate. But now their modus operandi, if you will, is to, to provoke. This is what they are doing. They are provoking anger. They are provoking hatred. They're provoking a reaction from the crowd. Instead of de-escalating, they are looking for an excuse to hurt human beings. I mean, there was no reason for them to chase me uh, up the stairs uh, just to give me a trespass. I mean, <laughs> I have, Laura, I received 340 citations. I'm telling you, majority of them they know came where you live me, and a majority of them came to me either in envelope or were dropped by authorities uh this this is a provocation that's what is happening they are provoking they want something to happen because when you do nothing wrong and of course we're not doing anything illegal everything we're doing is perfectly Ill illegal under the charter rights and freedoms and the constitution and the criminal code of canada and and they don't like that because then they look like the nazis which they are they are right. the modern day gestapo so they need to provoke some kind of a reaction that they can justify their you know them doing this Nazi business. So I think that's what they were trying to do. And as you can see, I don't want to have anything to do with them. I am on a public sidewalk um, where I was told to be. Now they're chasing me up the stairs. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to see. I don't want to receive anything from them. It could be tinted. They can do something. They can implant something. I do not trust gangsters, period. Those are mafiosos. They're gangsters enforcers for mafia i don't trust those people and i would not trust them now even with the coffee i mean if i see them serving coffee i'm not drinking because right. they are evil wicked people right well this is getting international attention we have tucker carlson that was covering dr uh, uh pastor derek reimer's situation yesterday and tucker carlson even saying where's the pastors standing up and of course there's you pastor pavlovsky uh there's me highlighting what's going on, but we do need pastors in Canada to understand something very serious. This is a very odd, this is why in the, the, the belt of um, conservative country Canada, are we having such issues? I'd like to play the clip from Tucker Carlson, if that's okay with you, but, Pastor but, but Archer. Let me, but let me answer you why, because Calgary, Alberta was always historically known as the Bible belt of Canada. And I believe because I had the same questions you have and I could not figure it out. Now I understand they need to tackle 
the most conservative, the most Christianized right. area in order to take over the entire country. So if you will, we are the last Alamo. We are the last stronghold of real conservatism. And they need to tackle this down in order to bring the 15 minute cities that they started to implement in Edmonton already. Uh, you will own nothing, eating crickets, riding a bicycle in minus 35. All of those things are happening and they are and they are pushing very hard on Albertans because here we have the biggest and the strongest group of Christians and real conservatives, I believe, in the country. I was just invited to a, a bull sale uh, yesterday with my wife by ranchers. I am loved, absolutely loved by ranchers, and I love them in return because you see, when you're talking to ranchers, they understand the concept that if you want a calf, you need a bull and a cow. Two cows will not do it. When you talk to a city people, they actually believe that two cows will do the job. That's how messed up the whole system is. So I love to spend time with the farmers and ranchers and um and all of them all the conversations were fantastic amazing they are family oriented people they hate the perversion that is being shoved left and right they don't even watch tv anymore because there's nothing to see except indoctrination and and disinformation and manipulation and uh, also they understand how god created things and they believe in god so this is an enemy to the tyrants the the modern day pharaohs anyway i wanted to throw that because i had the same questions laura why is this happening in alberta why alberta uh, okay. arrest pastors left and right well this is why because they need to break the spirit of albertans mm. and if they can achieve that here then the rest of the country is is an easy task wow well, Tucker Carlson is paying attention to what's happening here, and maybe we can have a look at that clip. If you have time, do you have a few more minutes, Pastor Art? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, of course. let's have a look. Canada has now become an atheist totalitarian state with amazing speed. And in Canada, it's now a crime to object to sexualized drag shows for children. You're not allowed to say a word. Late last month's month, a pastor in Calgary was violently throw, thrown out of an all-ages, in other words, for children, drag queen story hour, for daring to object to the sexualization of children. Watch this. So that's the video. <laughs> that's what happened. Who committed the violence in that video? The guy on the ground was the pastor. Before we answer the question, some context will remind you that in Canada, showing any disloyalty at all to the Trudeau government could get your bank account frozen and your truck seized. So maybe you're not surprised to learn that that man on the ground, whose name is Pastor Derek Reamer, who showed profound disrespect for Justin Trudeau's ongoing efforts to sexualize children and mutilate the genitals of children, woke up yesterday to the police banging on his door and telling him he was going to be arrested. Why is showing up in my home? Because this is where you live, right? Yeah, you guys you could call me and we could... Sorry, what was that? You could have called me. I've been trying to. When? This morning. We need to talk about what happened on the weekend this evening, right? Why do we need to talk about it? Because you're going to be arrested for it and charged. Okay. So we can, we can go deal with it this morning, or I can just put warrants out for you. 
Charged with what? Mischief and causing a disturbance. Where are all the professional Christians? You have to wonder that again. Where's David French and Beth Moore and Tim Keller and all these people who are defending Christianity as actual Christians are being arrested for being Christians? Hmm. Not a word. I had a conversation uh, with a professor today, Pastor Art, and I was saying, you know, like uh, we're supposed to come out from among them and um, we, we no longer seem to be able to uh, have, you know, a, a common place to meet because the, the predators against the children, it seems to be winning. And so what Pastor Reimer did was so uh, courageous because he's going to the protection of our most vulnerable citizens in our country and parents aren't protecting them. Teachers aren't protecting them. Our ministries, uh, you know, of, of children are, are not protecting our kids from the most vile predators. And if you want to know how vile these predators are, just watch the previous interview I just did with a, a gentleman who spent decades interviewing and in amongst the most uh, horrendous evil predators in the prison systems to understand the psycho of these people we're in trouble yeah we are but they're not stopping there you see they have arrested a pastor now because he dares to oppose their indoctrination their perversion their pedophilia uh, but they you know the the powers that we have right now Gondek, uh newfield the chief of police a total disgrace i asked him today if he is a pedophile, because if he is a pedophile, then I can understand why he is trying to protect his peers, his friends, you know, in that in that club, if you will, if that's his hobby. But of course, you never hear back from those people. And somehow when you are trying to protect children, you're the hater. You are using a hateful language. Those that are doing this to our children, uh, it's all about uh, inclusivity and, and love and stuff like that. But what Derek Reimer did, I agree, every pastor should be uh, doing and every pastor should be there today with me trying to defend our freedom of religion. However, the gangsters, the mafiosos, the tyrants, the pharaohs of today are not stopping there. Look at what happened to me, a politician right now. I was barred from City Hall for one year. What did I do? I came to a defense of Pastor Reimer. That's where everything is escalating. You see, first, yeah. you cannot oppose evil that you see and then no one can support you when you are hammered by perverts and pedophiles like we see right now because if you dare to speak up for the victims of the totalitarian regime then you yourself will become a victim that's a dangerous road and laura you we know each other for many years you know, I think I did my best. I mean, I was arrested for Canadians to stand up for the right 16 times. 
I faced over 300 tickets. I was over a hundred times before different courts and I yelled and I screamed and I warned and I pleaded and I begged and I prayed, Canadians, you're being taken over by very sinister, evil individuals. And they are doing it by thousand cuts. And they are telling you that they are standing for law and order, but at the same time, they're breaking the law and order. And I remember that reminds me of a movie that I watched and that was this scene, I, I think it was Gangs of New York with, um, with some famous uh, movie actors. And that was this one scene. Dicaprio. That, pardon me? DiCaprio. Yeah, I don't Leonardo. like him. I mean, he's he's a pretty good actor, but he's a very messed up uh, also individual. Yes. Uh, that's why I don't want to uh, mention even his name. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, uh, uh, so just listeners, just forget that guy. Forget the Hollywood. <laughs> Those people are so perverted right now. Anyway, going back uh, to that movie, he uh, there is this uh, villain, this bad guy that is talking to a politician, and he wanted to just wipe out another politician, uh, just just because uh, he was opposing whatever the perversion he wanted to do. And this politician looks at him and says, you know what, when you're breaking the law, you have to give people the illusion that the law is being upholded. Especially, he says, when you're breaking the law, people need to see that the law uh, is being defended. So it's all a game of illusions. It's all a big, you know, and you can tell you can tell how they're talking. You know, look at this Castro son, Trudeau, you know, our uh, arch uh, psychopath that we have. He uses the language that this it should be reserved for actually those that believe in those words. He's talking about uh, invasion of, of Ukraine. He's talking about abuse of power. He's talking about human rights violations. He's talking about the very things that he himself is doing to Canadians on a regular basis. So ironic. Uh, and, yeah. and uh, right now, he, of course, uh, more and more is is coming out and and we knew it and we had those conversations i knew it from the very beginning that he took bribes from chinese government i knew it from the very beginning the first time he won i was talking about it <laughs> and and look at this now and he gives back two hundred thousand dollars like i mean are you kidding he received millions upon millions of dollars to betray canadians to sell you for a bowl of soup to sell you for incentives for silver coin so we are being ruled by evil, wicked people. The mayor of Calgary is a sociopath, psychopath. She is, she should never have any power, ever. I mean, she would, she should not be even a manager in McDonald's. I would be afraid to eat in a McDonald's if she was the manager over there because she's evil. Those are evil individuals and they're not stopping. And, and, and I think the saddest part of the stories, I know that some, politicians are evil. I've met a plenty of evil politicians in my life. But the saddest, I think, part of the story is that the police officers that are such a disgrace, you know, you hardly will see anyone on the streets of Calgary that that has any respect for those people. They're, they're gangsters. Everyone, everyone I talk to, if police officers being re referred, they the, the same thing comes out, gangsters, evil, wicked, lawbreakers. 
they are such a disgrace right now and yet they are still willing to do the biddings of the corrupted politicians to do their little corrupted deals that's i think out of the story that's the saddest part that officers of the law that swore to protect and to serve and you know to uphold the law i mean come on they are the law enforcers but now we have we're dealing with gangsters in uniform and you know with 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 mafiosos that have a gun that's why they can get away with what they're doing simply because they have a gun and a taser um, but i told them today that their time is coming and i want to encourage your listeners the villain's time is coming i truly believe that some of them are going to yeah. die and i'm not threatening anyone you know like this officer no, said you don't mean by our hand you're mm -hmm. threatening me oh you little devil i don't have to move a finger against you my god or your own doings you're digging the pit for yourself you crazy person you're building a gallow like Haman for yourself you will hang on your own devices go and take the fifth booster and maybe there the earth will get rid of you and and we will have our peace but go and take your seventh booster I just read yesterday that Justin Trudeau Castro is bringing 80 million 80 million doses for those yeah. officers so enjoy it keep stabbing yourself and the sooner the better so we can have our country back and i know this is cruel talking right now and maybe not worthy of a pastor but you know what sometimes when you look at the hamans you look at what they do how evil they have become you just have to you, you just have to allow them to die haman you want to die then go and die as soon as you can please so we can have our freedoms and our peace back so there comes a time when i look at those people and i just say you're beyond redemption unless you go to your knees only god can save an individual like that so don't get me wrong yes until they have bread they can turn to jesus and they can be saved uh, god saved us when we were his enemies however i think the majority of them by what i observed they are acting like pharaohs they instead of repenting and turning to the right side of history to the truth they are actually hurting more and more people just like the pharaoh did um you know what is this english expression you know putting their heels in the ground how you say that digging in their heels digging, digging in, in their, their heels. heels there you go i was i was looking for that word um JT and Hill. that's what i see they're doing that they're doing that instead of repenting and saying i'm sorry i have done this i participate in this great evil uh, they are actually digging in their hills and uh, acting like pharaohs so for those types of people i i see misery coming i see death coming i believe that the angel of death is going to start walking around this country and people are going to drop dead left and right i really believe that what well we, it's what, happening if you look at what's right. happening, I mean, deaths across the world are down, are up, way up. Inexplicable deaths are happening. Our government has forced people to take these vaccines. People are dying every day. And it's getting hard not to notice, especially if you go and ask some of the mortuaries. Uh, you can't hide it. Death is sort of final. And but so is that is happening. And they forced it on the public and on themselves. So, no, But you know. 
this is just a beginning. Uh, I see a bigger scale of what's coming, especially if they keep ta- if they're going to keep taking the the next uh, jobs. I I think they're going to collapse. And um, and you know, in a way, I, I am sorry that they have believed this lie. But in another way, you try to warn them and and you try to plead with them and 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 you try to yell and scream and try to shake them from their you know, from their heavy delusion, if you will. Um, But there comes a point that if they don't want to, you can lead a horse to the water, but if the horse refuses to drink, then he must die. There is no other, there's no other way. So I am very saddened by what I saw today. I am saddened that, uh, that those people cannot allow a healthy debate, but they have to use, you know, muscle to remove pastors, uh, lock them in prison, and then ban people from the public places. Uh, Why? If your ideology is so powerful and strong, and if you are on the right side of history, if you truly believe that what you're doing is the right thing to do, well, uh, why not open for a debate? You see, I am not afraid of anyone that wants to debate me. Bring me an atheist, bring me a Muslim, bring me a pervert, a pedophile. I, I, I don't care. A Hindu, atheist, you know, green uh, terrorist. I have, I am not ashamed of what I'm believing in. And I stand strongly on the foundation of the truth. So you bring your truth, your ideology, and let's debate. But you see, this only works one way. We are the tolerant ones we want to have a discussion they are acting like nazis like communists that will tell you and me there's only one way or highway either you bow before our perversion or we will come hunting you down and when that happens there is no democracy we're living in a police state we're living in a totalitarian regime behind the iron curtain in china and people need to realize that the sooner the better the sooner you unite with us with those that suffered and fought come to the meetings come to the rallies support the warriors it's like my brother david says you supply the bullets we'll keep shooting and of course we're talking about speaking and organizing all kinds of events because this is not this is not any longer about us. This is not about Lauralyn, you know, Tyler Thompson. This is not about Derek, uh, Derek Reimer anymore, Arthur Pulaski. They're coming after your children and they're not stopping. I don't see them stopping. They want to destroy every single thing that they can touch. Albertans in just two months will have a choice. As you know, I'm running for the Independence Party of Alberta and, and, and people will... Uh, be able to choose you can choose your savior that doesn't stand for you marches with homosexual perverts every year daniel smith marches with them every year faithfully she stands for abortion she's a flip-flopping political pancake she doesn't believe in freedom she has done absolutely nothing since in power and and don't you know i don't want to even start with you know notley rachel notley is a witch and she's our domestic witch. And I said to the people many times that the moment I'm elected, the first thing I'm going to do after reinstating the prayer 
in the legislature, I'm going to look for not least transportation device and I'm going to break it. I don't want that witch to fly around with her indoctrination and craziness around Alberta. So I don't she know what She is one the... nasty lady. She really Very is. Nice. She's caused so Very... much harm, so much Very harm to, to Alberta. It's unbelievable. She's just a piece yeah. of work. And uh, yeah. I, I certainly can't stand her. I, I, I believe you're right. It's because Calgary has had that conservative stronghold that they've sent a bunch of people in that are just trying to destroy our rights and freedoms, not respecting it at all. And there you are, right, for such a time as this. Um, we are praying for you. We're praying for Pastor Reimer. And we want this nonsense to end. And you're right. Uh, you know, when God gives you over, over to a reprobate mind, I mean, it pretty much is going to be the end of, of these guys under God's hand. Yeah, of course. And, you know, um, we have to stop the revolving door. And I really appreciate when you, uh, Laura, and I'm, I'm going to say his name and, and the party, the PPC party, Maxime Bernier, when you have stood for him and he's not a perfect man. He has a past. And sometimes people bring his past uh, against him. But for the past three years, I am, I'm observing Maxime Bernier and he's doing the right things. He is actually, I believe, he is the only opposition in a federal government right now. There is no other opposition. Pierre Polyev is a traitor, Judas Iscariot. And we knew that. I knew that from the very beginning. I warned people and I was, you know, slumped and no, he's a good guy. You, you will save us. No, he will not. He is no different. He's the same coin. It's just a different side of the same of the same coin. So Maxime Bernier, I'm very impressed. I'm reading his press uh, releases and 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 wow, what a what a man that is standing for us. Someone at I least know. someone. It's someone shocking. Is. And that in more don't see it. You know, it's shocking. He's there is an answer, everyone. There is another answer beside the established corrupt That's politicians. Right. That's right. And if we are elected, I mean, look at me. I am the victim of this tyranny. It's personal for me. This is not just, hey, it's a good gig. This whole thing is a very personal. I don't want my children to be subjected to, uh, to what I have been subjected the illegal arrests and the tickets and, and the hunting down, all those things need to go. If elected, I'm going to bring a legislature, legislation uh, that will prohibit those people from enacting unconstitutional laws. We need accountability, checks and balances. We need some kind of a constitutional sheriffs that will be watching politicians, watching the chief of police and the other law enforcement agents because they have gone mad it's a madhouse those people are not stopping they're breaking the law and we need to introduce some kind of a force that will arrest and charge the real villains if a chief of police is sending police officers to harm other citizens and to break the law he should be arrested and charged with criminal uh, offenses if the mayor yep. is enacting unconstitutional laws she should be charged for breaking the Constitution and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I want to bring that. I want to bring accountability. We need new laws need yep. into, uh, in, in our land. So, well, May. May is the election in the province of Alberta. I'm looking forward to how God is going to play this out. And and uh, whatever happens, my friends, stick with Jesus. He wins. He already won. And 
we already won with him the enemy just doesn't know it yet hmm. pastor archer we just love you so much thank you for your courage thank you for all that you continue to stand in and uh, we're we're rooting for you when we can we're voting for you and we stand with you and we will fight with you thank you very much god bless you have a very good uh weekend and rest thank you god bless thank you god bless wow we are in trouble guys i'm you know what just give it to god don't worry about it just pray ask the lord to help us because our freedom is just being taken away and they get away with all of it unbelievable they're so scared of one little pastor, two little pastors standing up. They're so scared. They got to turn this into a, a terrible thing. My website is laurelin.tv. Thank you to all of you who have um, stood with us, who, who support us. Uh, you won't see this kind of programming on CBC tonight. So it means a lot when you um, help us to do what we need to do. When you sow seed into this ground and you help us, you reap the harvest that we are reaping and getting the truth out there. When you help us, you are part of the answer. So I appreciate it. You think, oh, what can I do? Well, we can help that little broadcast, Laura Lynn Tatter Thompson with her husband sitting there and Shane over on the side, uh, you know, uh, doing our part to bring you the truth as it happens so that we have knowledge and that we will not perish and we will trust God. Uh, if you're looking for where to invest for gold and silver, we highly recommend it right now. We're, we're in a fragile state. So we uh, trust Steve Merrill, Sovereignize at ProtonMail.com, Sovereignize at ProtonMail.com. Make a note of it right now because a lot of you write me later and go, I can't remember the name of that guy and where I email. There it is, Sovereignize at ProtonMail.com. We encourage you to put some of your assets into precious metals. And um, there's a verse in Haggai, Haggai that talks about uh, God's blessing on gold and silver. So I'd like to read to you from Romans 1, verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all. I think this is what Pastor Arter Pulaski was talking about. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people suppress the truth by their wickedness since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them for since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse I am going to underline that so that my kids see what was important in the Word of God. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Though they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Isn't that exactly what we talked about today? It's all being given over to their sexual impurity. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. <laughs> 
is forever praised. Because of this, this is a warning. When we do not follow God's ways, this is the warning. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty of their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also to approve of those who practice them. That's just Romans 1. Romans 2 starts with God's righteous judgment, and I don't think I have time to go through all of that. It says in verse 9, there will be there will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace. Listen to this. This sounds bad, right? But listen to this. There will be glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good. That's what I'm banking on. And God does not show favoritism. We've been warned. We've been warned. Have a good day, everyone. Have a great weekend with your loved ones. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.